Thank you, Jeremy. So today, we there is no teaching happening. There is, I don't have a sermon uh, to share with you guys. Over the last week, I've been sensing, hearing God saying, talk about revival. And um, when Jane came up and as she was worshiping, she started going along the same line. So between the break, what I've told Jane and Sheldon is, I don't know what we're going to do over the next little while. I've got some things on my heart that I feel I need to share. It's not a teaching. Uh, it is just something that's pressing on my heart that I feel prompted to speak. So I'll do that. But trust me, we don't know what's going to happen. So over the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, if they come up, they start doing stuff, it's all part of what God wants to do. So it's not a structured, okay, let's teach time. It's not, not at all. I also want us to be able to receive what God wants to give us. Man, I have so much... When I say this, every fiber in my body believes what I'm saying. I believe that God spoke to us in Jan 2020 about revival. And I believe we, have, we are in it, but I believe there are gears to go. We are in the first gear. There's more, there are more gears to go, more acceleration that God has planned for us. I completely believe that. Over the last week... Through things that I saw, things that I heard uh, from the Spirit, this is just so big on his heart. So if you ask me, what are we going to do over the next little while? We are really wanting to hear the heartbeat of heaven. That's what we are hoping to do. That's the only purpose. So you're not sitting here to receive a teaching. You're not sitting here to hear something. You're sitting here because you want to hear the heartbeat of heaven. Are you with me? Show some interest, guys. Yeah, I really mean it, guys. I really mean it when I say it. I don't want to say it over and over again. And if this is true, you've got to be excited. If what I'm saying is true, if what we've been hearing is true, you've got to be excited about it. Yeah, man. And I pray that we don't miss out. So one of the things that, the reason I told them this is because when the, when the wind starts blowing, you've got to be in it. You've got to be in it. So this is not a thing that we're watching. So I pray, Father, that every single one of us sitting here, people who are tuning in right now, and people who may listen to this later, Holy Spirit, because you initiated this, because you are the one who wants us to go down this path, I pray, Holy Spirit, that every single one of us will know your heartbeat. We will know how you want to direct our steps. We will know how you want us to move. So, Father, the next little while, normally I look at 1 o'clock and I try to finish at 1. Today I won't. Um, if it goes 110, I don't care. So, we will, Abba, over the next little while, if people want to go, uh, you can go if it's too much time. I don't know if it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Whatever you want, Holy Spirit. We want that today. We desire that today. We don't want to, we don't want to go without being touched by you in the direction that you want us to go. So I thank you. I thank you, Abba. In Jesus' name. So about two weeks ago, as I said, is when... Uh, 
I saw something, and I won't go into, we were walking the streets, and I saw something that I did not expect to see. Today, I won't go into the details of what I saw. That's for another time, because I don't want to dra dramatize it. Um, I just want to tell you that God wants us to be very much involved in the revival that he has spoken about. <laughs> he wants us to be involved in it. This is something that he has set for us. One of the things that Jacob said when we started talking about revival, and I thought I understand, understood it. I thought I understood it, but I did not understand it fully until this last week. So when he started talking about revival in Jan 2020, one of the things, if you remember, he said is, this revival is targeted to the young people. So he talked about 0 to 20, 21 to 39, Remember that? Remember that? So he talked about it. And I heard it. I understood it. I was like, yep, this is targeted to, to young people. But over the last one week, what's happened in my heart, and I felt, feel I need to share it, because there may be some of you sitting here who was like me, in that you heard it, you understood it, you obeyed it, you know that's what's going to happen, but you don't know why. Because I know that God is in the business of changing the direction of the earth because he's got his plans. One of the things that I realized this last week is this heart that God has for the young people. Across the globe, if you look at the population, there's about 4.6 something billion people, 0 to 40, that are in that age group. That's about 60% of the entire world. And when God says, I want to do this, I want to target the young people, he's not saying that he's going to leave out the old. He is saying, this is for every single person on the face of earth. However, I desire to target this generation. And I want them and their course to be corrected because I am the God of the earth. And I have got a plan for the future of this earth. We are not talking about putting TikTok videos because 0 to 20-year-olds can see it and change. No. We are talking about God saying, he is looking down on earth and he is saying, I want this generation to catch who I am. Because most of them don't know him. Many of us sitting here in this room know Jesus as who he is because Someone helped you understand it. And there is a generation on earth today. 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40. There is a generation who haven't heard of him. And God is saying, I contend for them. God is saying, they are mine. God is saying, Acts 29, the global church, here is what I'm going to do. I am going to target these individuals. Because you know what? 30 years from now, they are going to be the generation who will teach their kids. 30 years from now, Phoebe and Isaiah and Maya and Paul's kids, they are going to be the ones teaching their generations. Oh my goodness. What a, what a, what a responsibility we carry to teach this generation who God is, to show them 
the reality of the Father. Because trust me, when God looks down on earth today, while he is, he has a heart for everyone, he is targeting this revival to young people. And I understood it before, I grasped it with my heart before, but I did not know the fullness of it until a few days ago. And I want to share it with you. Because you've got to look at it with God's eyes. You've got to look at it with God's eyes. He's not talking about the next 10 years. He's talking about the next 100 years, if there is 100. And what are we talking about? What are we talking about when we say revival? We're talking about this one thing where God says, the, the awareness of my glory, I want you to know. The awareness of my glory, I want you to know. That's from Habakkuk. I want you to know that I am here. I want the generations to know, the, uh, to know my glory. And then we talked about this last time around. We said, when we say we want people to know his glory, what we are saying are really two things. We want them to know his greatness. We want them to know his holiness. And that's what this revival is about. And I'm, I'm really not trying to make it something profound, because it's not profound. This is what God wants to do, and we've got to catch on it. We've got to decide if we are really a part of it or not. I really believe it in my spirit, man. I really do. I'm not sharing this because I feel like there was nothing else. I know for a fact that God wants us to catch this. And there is not one person sitting here who is not included in that. But here is the thing, guys. We can go rah-rah about it for the next 20 years. But if we don't jump in, we are opting out. If we don't jump into what God calls us to, in essence, we are opting out. And we, we, can, we can opt out. That's an option. But we shouldn't fool ourselves. Let me tell you. We shouldn't fool ourselves by staying on the fringes thinking we are where we need to be. I don't want to fool myself. Don't fool yourself thinking that, yep, we're in the thick of it. There are levels that God wants us to see. As Bishop says, there is levels to this. There's, there's, more, there's more gear. There's more acceleration required of us. Are you with me? Questions? Questions, no? It's a, how do we participate in it? And that's what I'm hoping God will talk to us over the next little while.
How do we participate in it? Because I have an option as a person, while I'm connected to Acts 29, to decide if I want to be in the thick of it, or if I want to be in the fringes of it, or opt out. It's my personal decision. Similarly, all of us have that choice to make. And I'm telling you, we ain't talking about something that, yeah, we're making up. No, this is his plan. This is not made up. And I know we sense it, but we've got to do something to be in the thick of it. So God is after the entire earth, but he has a plan for the young because of the way he looks at the earth and the generations to come. He is contending for them, and we are called to contend for them. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Meanwhile, the earth fills up with awareness of God's glory as the waters cover the sea. And this awareness we talked about, and we said, this awareness is a disruptive glory. We're not talking about something where we go, okay, over a meeting, we are like, ah, we, we experience God. No, man. We've got to set our expectations so high. We are saying, if what I am saying is true, if what we are saying thinking of is true, here is what will happen. We will experience his disruptive glory and there is going to be a before and after. It is impossible for God's disruptive glory to come and there not to be an after picture. It will look very different from what it was before. And so if you are to receive and if you say I want to be in the thick of it Father because there is nothing that prevents me from being in the thick of it. There is nothing that prevents you from being in the thick of it. There is not, when trust me, when God looks down and looks at all of us sitting here, he doesn't say, oh, you know what? This is the last 30%, and then this kind of the middle 20%, and here's the, the, the first 30%, or I don't know if it added up to 100, it doesn't matter. <sighs> Guys, we are in the thick of it, and all of us equally can be part of it. And that is the heartbeat that I'm sensing. I really sense it. And we can't be sitting around thinking, yeah, you know, we kind of talked about it, and every now and then we talk about it again, and don't really know. Because I know another thing. I'm, I know we are in it because I see things. I hear things that's happening to some of our lives. When I talk with some of our guys, I know what's happening. Man, God is reviving us. It is already in motion. It is, let me establish that. It is already in motion. However, there are more levels to go. And so I can't think that as a person, uh, this is, as I said, this is no teaching, no sermon, no nothing. I've got a bunch of stuff on my heart. I'll talk about it. These guys may come up, do stuff in between. We'll see what God wants to do. So at no point am I looking at this and going, okay, yeah, it hasn't started. No, I know it has started. I know it has started based on what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. In the spiritual and in the physical. I'm not talking about, oh, I was praying and God said this is happening. No, in the physical as well, I see it in motion. 100%. 
And so his disruptive glory will wash the earth. And it comes in like a tsunami. When it comes in like a tsunami, we've got to expect it to come in like a tsunami. We can't expect it like standing on the beach, a few waves coming and going. We've got to expect a tsunami to come down on us. The other thing about waiting for something is, see, I can wait like this. Okay, Father, thank you for saying everything that you said. I understand it. I grasp it. Thank you. I'm going to wait for you to do it. This is one form of waiting which isn't waiting at all. Waiting is knowing what God has said. And you're like a sniper who is focused and you're looking at the very thing he said he will do. You're calibrating everything you're seeing, everything that's moving based on what heaven is saying, and you're prepared for the shot. That is waiting. Waiting ain't this. So if I'm waiting for the next thing to happen, I've got to tell God, Abba, I ain't going anywhere. I've taken my position. And what is the position you've taken? What is the position you've taken? I've got to ask myself, Derek, what position are, are you taking in this? Because there is a position to take. And it begins with the church of God. Revival begins with the church of God. And so I can't think that this revival that he is causing is affecting the world, but not us. It affects us first. And we experience, for the lack of a better word, the tsunami first. Before it reaches others. I went back and listened to, didn't get time to listen to all of the seven days of Shekinah. And if you don't know what, what I'm talking about, Beginning of January 2020, when Jacob started talking about revival, I think there were seven days where we met over a period of 10 days or so. And uh, there are teachings available on that on our website and podcasts and stuff. I went through some of them. One of the things that we kept talking about is this idea that this, is, this covers the entire world, number one. Number two, that God is a sovereign God. So me not involving in it will not stop him. Because he'll go around me. He wants this done. He will accomplish it. It is my choice whether I jump into it or not. Trust me, guys, I'm not trying to condemn us. I'm not trying to make us feel bad. Because I ask the very same questions to myself first before I ask you. And I'm telling you, I am not in the thick of it. And you've got to answer for yourself if you are in the thick of it or not. So I'm not trying to do anything but help us hear the heartbeat of heaven. That is the only thing that I've been asked to do today. Nothing else. And I'll try to do it the best way I can. And I pray you talk to God while you hear these words. Because again, you're not, you're not just hearing. 
I pray your spirits talk to the Father. I pray you say yes to things as you hear it. I pray you move in your spirit. I pray you say, ah, ha, 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 I see it now. I pray you say, I hear the wind. I pray you say, I need it all. I pray you say, I'm not satisfied. And no one else can do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. When revival comes, it brings new life to the church of God. It brings new life to the church of God. Oh my goodness, do we not need it? Do we not want it? It brings new life, man. I will be so different. All of you will be very different. And the thing is, I've got, it's like this waterfall that if I push, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about it this way. All of what we're talking about today is, remember when you align your car tires, you have to go in and it needs to be aligned. Or is it just my tires that are aligned all the time? <laughs> you got to align your car tires. Yeah? Yours too? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got you to gotta align your car tires. You got to align and say, yeah, this is the direction that you're going, this is not for this week only, this is not for this month only, this is the direction that Father, you have set, you've spoken, my spirit is saying yes, and I'll jump in. And the thing is, when you say yes, even if you don't know all of it, he will help you understand. Yeah. Thanks, Diana. True. So true. So you can't produce this, but you can opt out of it. And you don't need to produce it. I don't need to do anything except position myself and do what God says. That's it. I am not manufacturing a feeling. And we are not after a feeling or experiences manufactured by us. The feelings may come. And I, I believe it will be part of it, big time. I believe we will experience things in our flesh and in our spirit we haven't experienced before. I believe so. Hello. Yeah. Thanks, James. One of the ways that we jump in and opt in is by obeying whatever we're given. And in this moment, um, I I struggled to bring this up because I am equally included in it. And um, but I, I don't want to opt out. And one of the things he's saying to us as a church, because I really hundred percent believe that this church is meant to be an example. This church is meant to be like a spark of that fire that's gonna go out. And there needs to be change in this church. There needs to be new life. There needs to be pure, more holy, more pure, more holy. He's always calling us higher. And one of the things he wants to call to our attention is greater purity and intention. And one of the thing, the thing that gets in the way of that is pride. And today, 
God is asking us to deal with it, to deal with pride. It's not like huge pride. This is actually a very subtle pride. It's the kind of pride that says, I, I don't really want to listen to what Annie says to me. It yeah. doesn't, it, it, I don't really think it's for me. I don't actually have to take it as correction. I don't actually have to listen to when Betty tells me maybe something I said is not, not the best thing to say. I don't actually have to listen. I, I know better. This is the kind of pride he's talking about. And as, as beautiful as this body is, we're human and this exists. And this is something that he wants to address because as much, as long as that's in here, we can't be taught by each other. We can't actually submit to each other. We may be okay with listening to Jacob, but it's hard to listen to each other. Can we come to a place of actual humility where I put down my pride and say, I can be taught by Mohini. I can be taught by Anile. I can be taught by Mike. He will, God will use anybody in this body because we are all spirit-empowered. Right. We are all spirit-empowered. And so I'm going to ask a favor if um, maybe Prashant, can you find a twig outside and bring it in? A twig or something I can actually break. <laughs> maybe not too hard. <laughs> Guys, be in the thick of it. Don't lose focus because what's happening here is important. Be in the thick of it. Know, know what we are after. I just received something from Hamari while we wait for Prashant to come. This is what Hamari sent, or Remy sent me. Yeah? Okay, Remy sent me. It says, I dreamt last week us talking about revival. It's really about how much we want revival to happen, in quotes. I'm telling you, this is for us to inherit and hear and walk in. So what is happening? Please join in. Don't let her do it alone. I also want to bring up that, you know, the twisted reality of when hard things happen to us is that it fosters pride. Because what we end up is we make survival skills. We make coping mechanisms. What those really do is it makes us feel like we need to figure out what's best. And over time, we believe that that's the best. And that's often the twisted reality of it. These hard things happen, but what ends up is that we end up relying on what we think. So that's part of it. But we don't know best. Sometimes Nick knows best. Sometimes Sheldon knows best. Diana knows best. Sometimes Mike knows best. Can, can we do that for each other? Can we come to a place where we can say that? that? That Jill knows best and she can speak into my life? Can we do that, church? That, that Jeremy can come up to me and say whatever he thinks is best and I will listen? Can we do that, church? So in the name of Jesus, I break the back of foolish pride. I break it in the name of Jesus. I say, no more will it rain in this church. No more in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father. Can we say that, church? Can we do it together? That no more. No more will pride get in the way. I will listen. I will submit. I will not let pride make my back and neck stiff so that I don't listen when my brother and sister in this church comes up to me and teaches me 
or corrects me with much love and compassion, we will listen, we will receive, and we will grow together. In the name of Jesus, we will do it. We will do it. We will listen. Holy Spirit, you need to make this happen. You need to make this happen. I am just as guilty of this. I am just as guilty of this. Purity and intention that I look at anyone in this church and I look with humility because they are someone who can teach me. They are someone who can grow me. Holy Spirit, nobody can do this but you. And all you ask is our yes to you, that we submit to that. Can we do that, church? Don't let me speak it for you. Mm. You speak it for yourself, please. Father, I don't want to let this get in the way. We're running together. We're running together. There is togetherness, unity. It's good for brothers to be together. It is good. God says it's good for you to dwell in unity. We are together in this. We are together in this. Jesus, we follow your leading into what you're calling us to. And today, we mark this day. And we say we are in together. We are in together. And we look at each other, Abba, and we say it's good to be part of this body. It is good to be part of this body here. Abba, these are brothers and these are sisters. They are significant. They are more significant than me. That's your word says, that they are more significant than me. And we walk in unity. We choose to walk in unity, Abba. We choose because it's a choice you've given me. I choose to walk in unity and I choose to walk in humility to receive from others. I choose to do that. I break as it has already been broken. I break everything in me that says self, self, self. Everything in me that says don't do it because this will affect how you are looked at. No, we break that today. There is nothing about how we are going to be perceived because the only perception you care about is the perception from heaven. And because of that, we align our lives today to not be bothered by how I am or we are perceived by each other. We ain't going to be a people who heard and heard and heard about identity and then say, I care about how, how I'm looking. No, we don't. We say, Father, we care about how you look. 
we say you search the heart of men you search the heart of men you search it and i want to be right with you i want to say i have heard and i walk on this earth as a son and as a daughter first before anything else and if you ask me about i will go where you want me to go and i will use the help of those around me and i will not do it alone i refuse to do it alone i refuse to do it alone i want to do it together want to do it together Yesterday, I'm not looking at this, but please feel free to leave when you need to because I know some of you have to go. In the Hebrides revival that we talked about, one of the things that Jacob said is this. He said, at that point, because I heard it again, he said, for some reason, God prompted him to go look at this revival that happened in the Isle of Hebrides. And I, w- I just want to bring up one thing today from that, which is this. There were two ladies, 82 and 84-year-olds, who contended for it to come, for revival to break through in their midst. Because they said, here is what they said, you said this, so do it. Father, you promised this already, so do it right now, right here. And God is looking for people like that amongst us. And the question that I want to ask is, who are going to be those people? Who are going to be those people who will rise up and say, I heard it, I heard it, I want this to happen amongst us. Who are going to be those people? I pray it's not two. Because why? The church always grows from glory to glory. It means that a lot of us will catch on to this. And we will all say, Father, you promised that your glory is going to cover the face of the earth. And that this young generation and the older, but the young specifically, they'll be touched by your glory. I wake up every day to see this. I wake up every day to see this. Because is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? If his heart beats for this, is there not a cause for you to wake up and say, I want this to happen on earth and I will not go. I will not run away from it. Because he promised it. I will contend for it. That's what happened when Jesus, just like Remy is holding Judah, when Jesus was presented at the temple, there was a guy who knew the day was coming. He knew the day it was coming. And as soon as he received Jesus in his hands, he said, the day has come. We got to be a people like that, who wake up day after day after day, knowing this is what his heart is after. Guys, I have experienced this so many times. I grew up almost all of my life in church, so it's very easy to be in the feel of it, why we are at a, at a service, and then on a Wednesday evening is when this really matters. That is when this really matters. At that time, do I contend and say, Father, you said it. I ain't going to let this go. And remind each other. What a privilege. I can remind Bishop about this. And Bishop can remind someone else. We remind each other that this is the direction that we are going. We take advantage of each other.
God wants to awaken and empower us so that we can crack and break the frontiers of this young generation. We can crack it, we can penetrate, and we can reach them. God wants us to do it. Which then means that we have to get out of here. Jonah, you were asking, how do we do this? Uh, this is something that at the beginning, this God's saying, this two-letter word, real simple. Everybody knows the word. Go. That's it. Go. This revival will involve a going. It's not a bringing in like the revivals of old where people are brought in and one to one guy like, like, a, like a Billy Graham, you know, bring him in or, or, or you know, he, I, I'm going to go and bring these people in and they're going to listen to the speaker. No, no, no. You go. You're the one who speaks. You're the voice that heaven will speak through. You have become the voice of God. You go. Jesus says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. You go. You go. Don't bring. You go. This is not going to be like the revivals of old. It is going to be a revival where you go. And if you go, we will cover the earth. Yeah. We will cover the earth. Jesus says, the harvest is plenty. Laborers are few. We've heard this so many times. Ask the Lord of Harvest. The Lord of Harvest, he's already got the harvest for us. It's just like Derek was saying, it's not like we have to do anything. The only problem is the laborers are few because we do not go. We expect somebody else to go. We expect to bring some people to others. We do not want to be the voice. But just like Paul was just saying, God, what did God say to him? He says, you be the voice of comfort. You be the comfort for somebody because I have chosen you to be that for others. I have chosen you, so you go. Guess what? Labors are few, and we're asking for the Lord of Harvest to send out labors. Guess what? He is. You. Me. All of us. Can you imagine? This is going to be so different from any others because of one simple thing. We've got a body, a church body, who says we will go. Not we will bring, not one guy will be sent out as a missionary or, or as an evangelist, but we will all go. I have not seen a church do this. I have not seen a body that says, I or we will all go. But he's saying, how, you want to participate? Here's how it works. Go. Yeah. You be my voice. And, and as this was said already, if the spirit of God is in each one of you. The Spirit of God is in every one of you. None of you are lesser or greater than another person because the fullness of the Spirit is within you and the words that come from you will come from the Spirit of God alone when we allow that to happen. So you go. You be the voice of God. You bring the revival to the world. We can't. It's going to cost you. Everything that's been said today is, is everything to do with it. It's going to cost you. Going costs. It's inconvenient. It's going to be in the middle of the night. It's going to be when you're least wanting to go. But it's going to cost you. And, but that's how, this is how it's going to be. You want to be a laborer? Because the harvest is plenty. Be the laborer. You go. I want to talk about three things that we need to do along with what Sheldon is saying to position ourselves, to align ourselves. Number one,
hunger and thirst after this. If you hunger and thirst after this, it'll be your portion. Empty yourself. I'll tell you what's the biggest thing that's blocking us, hindering us from running at full speed in this. It's one thing, self-sufficiency. That is the thing that's stopping us from making progress. And my prayer to us is that we will empty ourselves. Hebrews chapter 12, I think, verse 1, it talks about, in the message version, it talks about spiritual fat. The question that I've got to ask myself, that you've got to ask yourself is, how much spiritual fat do you have? If you want a definition of spiritual fat, it's accumulated knowledge that does not transfer into action. That is what spiritual fat is. I was thinking about this morning as I was driving here. There is a reason why the book of James appears where it appears in the Bible. All of the stuff you've read so far, God is saying. From Genesis until now, all of that, put that into action. Faith without works is dead. And so I've got to empty myself. We've got to empty ourselves to be able to catch on to what God is saying. If I walk around in my life thinking, I've got enough of God in me. I've got enough of God in me. I've come a long way. I've got enough of God in me. That is when I'm not emptying myself. God expects me to be like David where he says, I'm going to run after you. Because I hunger and I thirst. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said this. What did he say? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. So if I hunger after you, Jesus, if I hunger after you in what you're doing, if I thirst after you in what you're doing, I will be filled. I will be filled. Dilna's question, I will be filled if I hunger and thirst after more of God. If I hunger and thirst after His glory. If I, if I am not satisfied with the waves that touch my feet. If I say, ah, this isn't anything. I want the tsunami to come upon me. That is hunger and thirst. That is where you, you, you say, the word of God says, the, the glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former. I want that. Guys, we are, setting, we are setting our expectations based on what he has said. We cannot set our expectations based on what we have seen. We have to set our expectations based on what he has said. So when you meet for your hub meeting, you can't look at how it used to happen. You've got to expect more. You've got to expect the glory of God to touch people. When you are at House church, you've got to expect it. When I drive in today to the service here, I've got to expect stuff to happen. I've got to be aware of the wind of the Spirit because everything that happens here will not happen if I'm not in tune. And I've got to be able to do that only if I go and run to a position and I say, Abba, I need you. I need your spirit. I need more of you. I want the tsunami. I don't want the waves. Sorry, guys. I'm not minimalizing what we're saying by using these words. It just helps me to understand, picturize. 
Second Kings chapter 4. We've got to ask the widow of the prophet who had two kids and they came to take the two kids away. She found herself in a spot where she had a jar full of oil. The thing is, this jar that's full of oil, if it remains like this, no more oil can be poured. So I've got to take this jar of oil and I've got to pour it out. Sorry. Now I've got an empty jar and God says, I'll come and pour it. And you know what? In that story, we know this. It says, go and find all empty jars. Go and find. And when does the oil stop flowing? It says the oil stopped flowing the moment there wasn't another empty jar available. So for me and for you, empty yourself, man. Empty yourself. Cut out the spiritual fat. Knowledge that doesn't translate into action is fat. And I am fat. We are fat. Let's cut it out. It's happening today. We can say yes to it and move in the wind of this today. Number two. Guys, one thing I want to say is don't limit your, don't, don't have your inhibitions and your inadequacy limit yourself. Because we can all choose to do this in this room. There is no one person who is not inadequate. There is not one person who, is, who has got no inhibitions. Please don't let it stop you. God uses your emptiness to fill the cup of others. He uses your emptiness to fill other cups. Second thing, Jane already touched this. Blazing purity and practical holiness. I've got to look at, without thinking too much about this, guys, you've got to at this very moment look at your lives and say, what am I about? What are the things in my life that, again, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it talks about, in Hebrews chapter 11, it is talked about all of these giants in faith. And it's almost like Paul is then saying, okay, all of that is done. Now, there are two things, guys, that may prevent you. One is spiritual fat. Two is parasitic sins. Parasitic sins. So I've got stuff in my life. See, what is sin? Sin, Paul was just telling me earlier. <laughs> he was just telling me that he was, okay, he, he listened to someone who was talking about sin for 30 minutes. And so after listening to someone speak about sin for 30 minutes, it's almost like I've got to repent. So I'm not, that's not the direction we're going. Repent for yourself if you feel like. But what I'm saying is I've got to look at my life and go, oh, but there are things in my life that are just not right just not right. It's like me setting such a low standard for myself. <coughs> There's nothing wrong with watching this movie, but this movie I will not watch because of this one word that came up. God has raised our standards, guys. We've got to pursue purity. There's nothing wrong with hearing this song, but I know I can't hear this song. Why can't you hear that song? Well, I know I can't hear that song. Father, my thoughts, my thoughts, change my thoughts. Blazing purity, practical holiness. On a daily basis, 
being transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And when we do it together, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, when we do this together, it's like what is said in Revelation chapter 21. The bridegroom looks at the bride and the bridegroom rejoices because the affections of my heart are meant for him only. The affections of your heart are meant for him. Give him, give him that. Anyone who is married, you know, when there is two of you, the affections of your heart, it's for her. The affections of your heart, it's for him. We got to give the affections of our heart to Jesus only. Nothing else takes that place. And please, guys, again, in this, pursue the standard that Jesus set for you. Not others setting it for you. You should always have people who you look up to. Absolutely. But the end goal is Jesus. You've got to look at Jesus' life and go, that and this and this, pretty okay with. I could have lived on it with it for another five years, but I will not give away that territory. It is for you to take over. Presence is when a seeking community is saturated with a conscious awareness of God. So then, guys, next Sunday when we come in our hubs, in our house churches, you've got to expect things that will happen because you're so aware of his presence. Please, you've got to do it, not the guy or the girl who is leading the meeting. You've got to expect it. We've got to rub our shoulders. We've got to, iron sharpens iron. And we've got to say, I ain't satisfied with this. I want more. I want to see this happen. I was reminded of the story of the ten virgins. All of them were preparing for the bride to come. Don't, we can't be misled. All of them knew the bride was coming. But five of them chose to have their oil full. Their, their jars full. Five of them. The other five knew that he was coming, but weren't prepared. I want to be in the, in the, in the, in the gang that's prepared. Because I want to give the affections of my heart as a bride to this bridegroom. And I'm going to say about these things, show me, show me areas. This is where you can use Jacob, let's say, or other house church leaders and go to them and say, I want to grow in this. I want, I, want to, I want to let go of these things and I want to move, move closer, draw nearer because he is calling. I pray we do it. Next, and the last one. What Paul talked about. A spirit of prayer. We can't put our foot on the pedal and remove it. We put our foot on the pedal and we keep pressing. As a community, we've got to pray. We've got to ask. I want to share a quick example because that's all I've got. Earlier this week, I was reminded of um, Joel chapter 2. And I went to God and I said, I, I dream, but I don't dream as frequent. And there was a time when I 
actually went and talked with Jacob and said, Jacob, I, I want more dreams. I dream, but I want more dreams. I want, I want, I want to see what God is doing. I want to see, I, I, I want to see what heaven is he's sharing. And so I had this conversation on a car drive to Seattle this week. And as I'm going, I, I tell myself, Derek, do you really want it? And I said, yeah, I, I want it. I want it. So I got reminded of the story of the widow who kept beating at the door, knocking at the door. And so what I do then is I say, Abba, tonight, you know what? I'm just going to be like that widow. I'm going to knock. So I've got, I'm driving, I've got my steering. With my right hand, I start knocking. And I say, I'm, I'm going to be foolish. I'm knocking tonight. I want this. And I start talking to him about it. I was going to meet a friend later that day. And as soon as I go and meet this guy, he's a friend, he starts talking to me about this very thing. And now I'm like, I just talked to you about this like 45 minutes ago, and you're already setting me up. You're like, this guy already knows what, I'm, what I've been talking to you about. Thank you, Bob, for speaking. That night, whatever I asked for, I got. We've got to ask. If I empty myself, and if I am walking in the awareness of this great God, see, the thing is, I cannot, I cannot show the world how great He is and how holy He is when I don't walk in it. I've got to walk in it. We've got to walk in it first. The church gets it first and then everyone else. So I have to, Derek, do you want to be the same old, same old, same old Derek? Or do you want to today stretch it, go another level and, I, and say, I ain't going. I haven't stopped because I asked twice. I'm asking again. And he says, I'll give it to you when you ask. A united desperate cry that agrees with what God wants on earth that is what we are after because that will do it we need to do it guys a united desperate cry see it's difficult for me to do what I'm doing on one hand I know what God has said and I know it will happen and on the other hand there is like man this is way beyond me and I'm saying what I'm saying and that's good because you can't ever do any of the stuff you're talking about. Only God can. But you can agree with him. You can align with him so that you know the heartbeat of heaven. So align. Align. We need let your kingdom come prayers. We need it. We need prayers that say let your kingdom come. We want to see it. Not settling Yeah, Father, we'll stop it there. We could go on. There are other things that God can, God will have to tell us over the next few weeks. I'm so sure about it. But we'll stop here. So guys, God is saying this is for all of us. You heard it, but now jump right into the thick of it. All of us are perfect, primed, ready for this we've got to empty ourselves we've got to be united we've got to do it together as a body 
We've got to let go of things. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Things that hinder you from running this race. Let go of it. Spiritual fat, first. Parasitic sins. Anything from our past, present, future, whatever that is, we cut it. We let it go. We don't carry it. And we ask. There is a united, desperate cry that heaven is looking for. We've got to give it. I want us to sing the songs, God of Revival. Um, and we'll close with that. When we sing this song, talk to God. Don't just sing. Talk to God. Talk to God.
what fear would you defeat it? I will trust in you alone. Cause there's no prison wall you can break through. No mountain you can move. All things are possible. darkest night you can light it up you can light it up oh god of revival let hope arise death has overcome you've already won oh god of revival Come awaken your people, come awaken the city, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, every stronghold will crumble, I hear the chains hit the ground, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour, come awaken. Come awaken your people, come awaken the city, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, every stronghold will crumble, I hear the chains hit the ground, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, come awaken. Come awaken your people, come awaken the city, oh God of revival, pour it out, you pour it out, you pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble, and I hear the chains hit the ground, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people, come awaken the city, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, every stronghold will crumble, I hear the chains hit the ground, oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out, cause there's no Wall you won't break through, no mountain you can move, all things are possible. There's no broken body you can make, no soul that you can save, all things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up. 
Let hope arise, death is overcome. You've already won, oh God of a revival. You're the God of revival. Pour it out, pour it out, oh God of revival. Pour it out, pour it out, pour your spirit out on your sons and daughters, on your sons and daughters, pour it out. We will prophesy, we will speak, and we will go, and we will dream dreams, we'll see visions, and we'll share, and we'll share your vision of heaven and earth. We'll share your vision of heaven and earth, and we'll speak it out, we'll speak it out. Put it Oh, 